play. play it. This is the Astro League Fantasy Football Podcast. League specific news, information, and stats with your obnoxious commissioner, Maddie C. Well, g'day, it's Matty C here. I am commissioner of the Astro League. I'm also owner-GM of the two-time champion Carabao Kings in this league. And welcome to our podcast. Hey, if you're a new listener, you might be wondering, what even is this? Now, we are a 16-team half-point PPR fantasy football league with bonuses that are kind of weird. You get a bonus for 100 yards receiving. You get a bonus for 100 yards rushing. You even get a bonus for 300 yards of passing if you're a quarterback and passing touchdowns are worth six points. So there's some scoring anomalies that are a bit strange in our league. We're an uncommon size at 16 teams and we're all 100% Australian-owned football team. So it is the NFL. It is fantasy football, but it is Aussie. So it's a little bit unique. You can find us everywhere too. We're on Facebook and Instagram at Astro League Podcast. And we're also available on every streaming service that you can get podcasts off. So anywhere you find podcasts, you can find us. This is the second in a short series of episodes this week where I interview one of the owners in our league, Tony Connor. We call him TC. He is the owner GM of the Squazmongers. Now, they were the 2016 champions. He's fallen on hard time since and hasn't been back to the playoffs since then, but... We've already had one episode together where we were talking some great stuff. We're talking about his playing career, about what it was like to become a fantasy football general manager, his love-hate relationship with Le'Veon, and a whole bunch of other stuff that happened in the league up until there. But you know what? We're going to go into some other topics on this one. We're going to talk about the other league. We've got a spin-off where we've got a keeper league that a dozen of us from the regular Astro League are in. We're going to talk a bit about how TC manages roster management, and a little bit about trading too, and... Funnily enough, the stakes get risen, so you're going to have to hang in there. This is a little tease. This is what they call it in the industry, a tease. You're going to have to hang in there and find out why the stakes have been raised between Tony and I. But enjoy the episode. It's great to talk to TC. He's a funny and engaging guy, and I hope you get a bit out of it. Another guy who was being drafted like he died too was... Oh, T.Y. Hilton. He's a good receiver. <laughs> he actually doesn't look great. whole career has been defined by boom. Barkley. Or bust. Yeah. Or hurt. And to see him bang out 26 points was extraordinarily satisfying. A huge F.U. to the vinegar stroke. It's all fun and games until someone shoots his pants and chucks a tantrum and leaves the group. <laughs> I thought you were going to do that in the Keeper League, though. Let's let's talk about this one real quick, too, because I don't know that people are paying as much attention to the Keeper League, and we haven't talked about it much on this podcast at all because it really has been driven around the, the redraft league. But, mate, you are 0-5 going into this week in the Keeper League, and the old wacky wobbly nads go out and put up a nice win. Congratulations. Join the winner's circle. But you and I face off this week in a battle royale of Connors. Mate, are you going to bring the, the smack talk, or should I? Oh, I think that... No, we, we did a dodgy trade at the start of the year where I thought it was my year to win, so I traded away Chris Carson and Keenan Allen to you to try to get some easy points from AJ Green and David Johnson. It ended up going the other way around where I screwed myself out of any chance of a championship this year and put it right back into your into your court because you've transferred some of those into other players to um to strengthen yourself while I've had to eat a big humble pie at my 0-5. Mate, I think this is the good thing about this league, though, is you establish early, am I contending? Am I, you know, just competing and, and I'm probably going to be in the playoff mix? Or should I just look to the future? And uh, It's something you can't really do in the redraft league. Uh, so it really does give you a wonderful, flexible opportunity here to look at your roster and go, well, where could I be younger? Where can I find a guy who I, I think is going to have a better future? And, and this could be the time to get rid of a, a Julio Jones who you know is not going to be there forever. 
this is your real opportunity to start the wheeling and dealing. You know? And I thought after I went two, I mean, I, I drafted really well. My team was strong going in. They weren't performing. I went two. I'm like, if if I have a chance, I got to throw something somewhere. You were, I think, the opposite where you thought, oh, I'm not too sure. You traded away, traded away some tools, got some tools. Your tools have hit the spot. Mine have continued to decline. <laughs> Again, with Henry being out, it wasn't wasn't very good for me. But I think now this week it's all teed up for a good matchup between you and me. Yeah, I think so. So I mean, I'm going to break this down position by position because you know this is my podcast, so whatever. It's Colin Murray versus the newly enthusiasm, the new enthusiasm of Matt Ryan. So, um, freshly traded away by Taylor in the other league, so you know he's going to be good this week. Derek Henry coming off 40 points. He's going against the Pittsburgh defense, man. Are you sure you should that uh, you should count that whole fourteen point four percent? Oh, I think I should probably count a bit more than that because the Steelers at some point have to have to oh. put up a bad one. So why not this week? I like why not I this like one? thinking. Be positive. I mean, I've got Chris Carson head head to head against him at Arizona. I mean, they look pretty stout in that matchup against Dallas, really. Yeah, I, I think down all positions where very very evenly matched, and it's going to take one person hitting it big or you know, a couple of people just you know, shitting the bed to, to decide this one. Oh, look, I'm looking further down too. And I'm like, well, Edwards Alaire versus, you know, James Robinson, the Jags. Well, man, both rookies, both scoring about the same. Okay, let's say that's a wash. Devontae Adams versus Julio Jones at receiver one. Mm, that's probably a wash too. Chris Goldwyn versus DJ Chark. Okay, maybe I've got a slight edge there, but then I'm starting Gronk against Hunter Henry. Well, you've yep. got an edge there. I mean, it's just, it, it's really neatly balanced. This is, for a one and five versus, I mean, this is the first time in my franchise history I've been five and one. It's never happened before. Man, this is going to be a heck of a game. And I think you've got Ridley tucked away there too. So we have the infamous uh, Julio Ridley matchup head to head. You've got the stack with Julio and Matt Ryan. And here I am starting Ridley on the other side. All right. This will be the arm wrestle. This is the mano a mano. It's uh, Connor versus Connor, Falcon versus Falcon. It's on. Oh. And if, at least if, <laughs> Matty Ice has a terrible game. It's going to ruin two of my plays and only one of yours. So, look, I guess just let's pull back into the strategy mm-hmm. of things again because this year I think is teaching us to use our lineups a bit more nimbly. That's a learning moment, isn't it? When you put Thursday night guy into the flex, you get a zero, whatever you score, you get something there or nothing. With how much uncertainty there is around sometimes with the schedule, with um, a team all announced they've had a positive test and they're out of the facility for a day while they do retests and stuff. Is that the big learning, do you think, this year is around how to use our roster spaces for the most flexibility more than it is for just setting them up so it looks nice? Well, and I actually was doing that like um, for the last few seasons. My flex would always be, if, if I was going to start a receiver, it would be the receiver that was had the latest game in case something happened or if it was the wow. one that was, you know, the one that was injured or, you know, at risk, they were always in the flex in case I had to do that that late switch and I could put in a running back or a receiver. So normally I would use the flex position yep. for you know, the number five who's in doubt, you know, in the um, last week. If With all the uncertainty, uh, I had Henry sitting in uh, in the flex last week because I wasn't sure if the Titans game would go ahead. Coming off their, their, their bills thing, we weren't too sure how that would play out. If you had any Patriots, you probably would have sat them in yeah. the flex spots. Any of the Broncos would have sat in your flex spots. So... You know, the uncertainty, I think people are starting to wisen up to, if you have anyone in doubt, whack them in your flex because if you're going to lock them into a receiver, you know, to change them out, you've got to then change your receiver off your bench into your receiver spot or put your receiver into your flex and your running back into your flex. And it's just much easier just to leave them in yeah. your flex. And it doesn't matter 
what the head-to-head looks like, or you care about the result, really. Look, and I think that is an excellent example of it too. We wait. And the good thing I have is being over here in the West is that, you know, the team lineups are announced what ninety minutes before kickoff. Ninety minutes, I think. And that's only eleven thirty my yeah. time here, so I don't have to do that dodgy two thirty wake up, check my lineup, and change it. It's just yeah. you know eleven thirty. Just stay up a bit later. Yeah, he's in. No worries. Set and forget. Whereas when I was obviously back east with you guys, it was a case of set my alarm. Do the old nerd fantasy thing, change my lineup quickly when he's ruled out, and then try to get back to sleep. So, I think being over the West helps that a little bit more. Pete would have had a great advantage being KL. He would have only had it at what nine PM his time. So, Pete moving back to Canberra might struggle wow. with the whole last minute decision compared to what he was used to. <laughs> yeah, ruined his body clock. The po- he's old too. Poor Pete. Uh, oh. Yeah, I think <laughs> I think he's uh, is he the oldest one in our league? Uh, yeah, I think he might be. I mean, let's let's let he and Ryan fight that one out. I don't know anyone sort of else in the league is up yeah, in the that sort of space here. Uh, Jackal's definitely far younger. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I'll let those two duke it out. But I mean, I should respect my elders a little bit because Pete currently, as we're talking, he's sitting on top of the castle. He's uh, he's the number one seed for the first time in franchise history uh, this deep into a season, and he's looking like a legit, you know, playoff team. So. I should stop. Uh, he's uh, he's been more involved this year too, from from memory. Normally, he was quite quiet, and yes, might, he might have been doing a lot of things in the background. But Pete has been a bit more active, and maybe that's reflective in his you know his trades and his team, or either that or he's just coming to some good luck. And I mean, he's in a strong division, so you can't put it all down to luck. But you know, I think maybe his his high activity nope. is what has has helped him this season. Yeah, I think that that can sometimes be all it takes. Going to uh, just indulge myself for for a second here and and cop to for the first few seasons of this league. For me, it wasn't even about playing the fantasy; it was just about continuing the connections with the guys in the team. And it wasn't until one year where I got off to a three and zero start that I actually kind of went, "Oh shit, this has never happened to me before. How do I keep this up?" And that's when I started finding resources to learn more about the strategy. And then I began to immerse myself in it and six or seven years on now, I feel like I've done a bloody, you know, home <laughs> home PhD in fantasy football. And, and I feel like I'm reasonably proficient now, but sometimes that's all it takes to really ignite that interest to a different level. And, and I think Pete's kind of got it. He was sort of saying a couple of years ago, he really could have given away the fantasy stuff because he felt it was ruining how he enjoyed watching the football I actually kind of feel like it's turning the other way around now and Pete's actually being able to enjoy how the fantasy helps him enjoy the football. And and I think it's showing in his results there. And it'd be cool if that could be the knock-on effect for a few of the other guys who don't always seem as engaged. I think engagement this year... And I think like what it's, it's done for me is it's actually made me more aware of the quality players on the terrible teams. So you, you watch the NF, you know, watch an NFL game and you're, they're two ordinary teams, but you go, oh... You know, say the Dolphins are oh, Gaskin. Yep, he's on my fantasy team. Yep, he's all right. So I'll sit there and I'll I'll cheer for him to do well. Or watch watching games you yeah. otherwise wouldn't have just, you know, you have a choice of a couple of being telecasts and just choose one because you know the players on the team. You may not like the teams, but you know the players. So that, that's what I found. I was a, a bit uh, following from Ryan's comments last week where sort of I don't really pay attention to the standings in the in. Um, in the NFL, not until later in the season, but I get a, a better grasp of yeah. especially the movements of players. And if, if Le'Veon hadn't been cut from the Jets, I wouldn't have known apart from fantasy because I don't really keep up with the news or those sort of things. It's only through fantasy that I find out those wow. sort of movements. So 
for me, I was in that same phase where, look, I'm not really paying attention to the sport, more fantasy, but then um, watching the players, you know, in playing games that I wouldn't otherwise watch, you know, it sort of has given me more appreciation to, I don't just have to follow the Dismal Raiders and, and their players. Now, a few years ago, I drafted Amari Cooper in the Keeper League because I watched him in college and he went to the Raiders, so I drafted Cooper. But then I've I followed him from the Raiders now to the Cowboys, and otherwise I wouldn't watch any Cowboys games. But now I know that Cooper's there, so I'm more inclined to watch. Look, I agree with you. I think this year, scoring is going to be the most important thing. And I know how dumb that sounds. Matty, you have to score points to win. But honestly, I think scoring in your losses is going to matter too because that's our tiebreaker. If you're the same record as somebody else in your division, it's not how many times you beat them head-to-head. It's have you scored more points. Because I think it encourages people to put their best team out there all the time. And, I mean, I, this is one of those years where I think that's going to matter an awful lot. Because yeah. I think record, it's going to be hard to separate teams. No, we've got one team who's out on five wins. And, and we got rid of the undefeateds. Like, to Ryan's point, we got rid of the undefeateds before a month was out. Last year, it took more than two months to knock Ryan off his undefeated streak. It was week 10. The year before that, Adam, he got almost two months through. It was week eight before he ate a loss. And this year, we had him all canned by week four. So, yeah, I just, I think you're dead right. It's going to come down to managing your roster. It's going to come down to who's quick on waivers and how people use their waivers. And yeah. and I think scoring, if you're not going to win, you still got to try and the best team out there no matter four what. four teams on four and two. Yeah, there's 111 points between Scoobs and Kenny. So straight away, Kenny has to get one more win because that's a that's a weak a weak score right there that is behind. So Kenny has to get the win. So he's going to have to knock off both Scoobs yep. and Jerry in the divisional rounds to to give himself a chance to get the extra win and go through. Even for a wild card, he's going to need to 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 be a win ahead of the third place because he's just not going yeah. to have the points on the board. He's what, 70-odd behind Jerry and 110 behind Scoob. So it just shows that you, know, you, you may be eating a eating a loss, but you still got to try to put up all your points. Um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, so for Kenny, the way this division is set up right now, if he doesn't win that division, he's out because there's going to be two better non-division winning teams who are scoring than he's got if he has the same record as them. And I think this is the best bit about the way we've got the schedule for this league set now is he gets a crack at both those guys on the way back into the playoff run too. Yeah. So he has that chance to catch up those games. It also means he has a chance to be left behind in the dust by those teams. But, you know, that it's not all lost. Even if he and falls if he goes three and zero against them, then you know the next best is going to be two and one, and the next best behind them is going to be one and two. So he, he has a chance to to make up two wins um, yeah. on on someone there and put himself into that wild card spot. And then you want to be a chaos <laughs> agent and just hope whoever's last in that division can just beat one of them for you. You know that. Uh, and and being in a division like that where Brendan's at the bottom oh, of the division, do you think he's ever going to stop trying to win? It doesn't matter to him if he's one and four, two and four, and even two and seven. And even matter to him. you know if he does decide not to give it a go. We we determined with the lottery, there's no reward for coming last. And yeah, you know, if he decides, you know, I'm just going to play it yeah. out, you know, to get the, a better draft spot next year, we eliminated that because someone tanked. What was it? Five years ago, someone had a bit of a tank towards the end of the season to get the number one, and that's when we happened to change to the draft lottery to mean that tanking gives you nothing and. I, even, yeah. I think even that year when we bought the lottery in the 10th or 16th and ended up picking fourth or, or whatever. So they wasted you know, a good part of their back end of their season doing nothing. Yeah. Over time, because of the engagement of guys in this league, we've put in the perfect amount of checks and balances 
and ways for teams to perform well, but also ways for teams to catch up. I think that is the best bit about the whole league is that we put things to a vote and unless we get a whole majority say, yeah, you bet that's a great rule. It doesn't even happen. There's no someone just changing a rule because they think it would work for the league this year. You know, it needs a consensus of people and it needs them to understand the rule to put it in. And then when it goes in, and we've seen it before too, we had that yep. reserve spot for a year and it didn't work. It just flat didn't work. And it was good to trial, but it didn't work. So what do we do? We kicked it the hell out. <laughs> and, and and we've installed rules that do work, and and the league is just so much. Better and it was tempting to put that all that back on the roster with this, with COVID this year, but we we all saw that you know for the yeah the depth of our teams to keep the the waiver pool as full as we could, you know we decided we don't if we all get one extra player we're taking six players out of a out of a, the waiver depth which could help a team team win, and that's that's one of the things I we do well collectively is we want to give everyone a chance to win. So we don't just do rules that suit us. Obviously, you wanted PPR. That was yep. the only rule you wanted to suit you. No one else got anything out of that. But, you know, we, we work collectively so we can all be in it. The, the, I think an eight-team playoff we should be the way to go future-wise because then in the playoffs week, all 16 teams get games because at yep. the moment only the top 12 get games. But that's something that comes up every year. So yep. we go to eight teams and stick to six. Now, a, a true reflection for the draft lottery would be to go to eight because then the bottom eight teams that are essentially playing for lo- for lottery balls that will come up again this year and it'll be voted down yeah. again, but it'll keep popping up every year. It absolutely will. I think it's a smart thing to do too with these rules where there's always just enough traction every time you put it up there to say, well, I can't throw that away. Five people were interested in changing. Well, that's not a small yep. amount of momentum. Let's roll it back out there. You know, it's important to keep the history on what doesn't get through so you can put it out there the next year in case, you know, there's a groundswell of, of change because I think that's the beauty of the league is that it's it's driven by everybody. Um, it, it does need someone to help steer it, and I don't mind, you know, being the person who, who does all the organising in the background, but it can't be a league that I tell everyone how it's meant to be played. It's got to be a league where... You know, okay, okay. So I I put some of these things into effect, but but you guys have to be the ones who decide. Yeah, yeah we want to do this. We want this rule. Um, we want to see the league. And we're going to you know, do that. Uh, otherwise, it, it I mean, we've discussed doing that to the fans, to the sorry, to the keeper league in this season. Is you know, we're talking about expanding by two. Yes. And there's going to have to be a lot of decisions and discussions around how we're going to practically do that. But we have two people yeah. vying to get in, so. You know, we've just had a change of ownership with one team. So we're going to have 14 willing participants at the moment. We only have 12 teams. Yep. So let's expand and let's get people on board and, and work out how we can best put in two new teams that will start off reasonably competitive rather than us keeping all the good players and then just picking from the scraps. Yeah, and I think you're a good person to be in the position to help steer that for that league. So this is where I think you've got to have a strong person leading the signal calling for what happens in a league. And I'm really glad that you've got that role in the Keeper League because I think you're a strong person for that. And I enjoy doing it in this league, but that it then does take that community input. So <laughs> this is a little plug for yourself, Maddie C. So you've so you, you've started the Instagram page. Oh, I'm not an Instagram person. Yeah. So, so yeah. my, my lovely partner, Pam, has followed the, the Instagram page. Um, and, you're, and you're up to, what, four, 400-odd followers? Oh, lovely. Yeah, and, we are. And, and my, my question I asked Pam, and which she said I should ask Matt about that, was 
So when you do your weekly podcast, do you put that up on your Instagram page and do like a little click here to get the podcast on iTunes or Spotify? Yes, I've got a link in the bio. Oh, this is great advertising, TC. Thank you for this. Uh, I've got a link in the bio and I even use the uh, little stories and and post page to put up little sound bites of what happens in in some of the episodes in the same way I've been doing in the group chat for for just the, the participants in the league. But on that, Instagram page, uh, trying to put up some content that's relevant to general fantasy as well as some stuff that's relevant to what happens just in our league, some head-to-head matchup stuff and and some results and, and a bit of repercussions. But then also, yeah, up in the bio. Oh. Now, sadly, Instagram won't let you put a link on your post. So the link has to be in the bio. It's just a little sad thing on Instagram, I guess. Uh, it's it's just their MO. So working within that, yeah, it's, it's up in the bio and, and try and urge everyone to get up in the bio. There's a link on the Facebook page too, and I've changed both the handles to match now. So it was in the uh, the intro to the, the the monologue show as well. Was you know at Astro League Podcast, on and both we have Facebook a new logo, correct? Now. So that's all the same. So I was thinking, you like your water bets? Let, let... I love my. So water we'll bets. we'll obviously we're not in the same place. We can't bet. do it to each other. So the 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 loser obviously um, one of the respective yeah, children great. in the household gets to pour a bucket of water on that loser. Wow. How can I say no? How can I say and, no? And if you were really nice to your kids, you let them you'll let them both do a bucket of water on you if you're really nice you to your record kids it. and you didn't have a favourite. Both kids get, get a dunk of the bucket of water. Okay. Well, how about we put a, a measurement on this? How much water in the bucket? Just so okay, that's the, the bottom marker I've got. I've got a seven-year-old, so, and she's a small seven-year-old. So how much water are we going to put in this bucket? Let's. So maybe two litres each. Two litres each? You got it. <laughs> All right. It's going to be a couple of buckets of water. On the loser, got to record it, got to put it in the group thread, and yep, then sounds good. Whoever's it is is going to get used on Instagram. You know that. All right, done and done. And what I think we'll do is the player in our lineups who is the most disappointing for the losing team. I'm going to follow that person with the Astro League page. Sounds good. And I'm going to tag him in the post. Sounds good. Yep. <laughs> Mate, look, I've got to say this has been an absolute blast. Just shooting the shit with you, my friend. Um, Thanks for making the time because I know I've, I've actually dug a lot of time out of you. Yeah, so now, Pam has had to come home and start cooking dinner because now. I'm talking to you. So I'm probably going to – I might have to do something to make that's up for that lunch. later. But, you know, <laughs> I suppose this is a bit a bit more of a priority today than, than that. So, no, take it easy. Haskins has just been an absolute turd. You could be understood for being, you know, skittish about that. Take Fournette out of the lineup. Yeah, mate, I would have robbed Jeremy's side boner going for him there. <laughs> you have in-depth knowledge of what it's like to be boned this year. Wes is going to have to realise that he's just playing like a ginger piece of shit. This is Taylor Nailed, I've got to say. Well, yeah, it got tricky at the end there, but there is a water bet. So I'm going to have to mind my P's and Q's a bit this week in our keeper league. So that's something that happens outside of our usual redraft 16-team league. But I'll tell you what will happen here. Now that there is an absolute gentleman's agreement, we're going to have to post the video up in here in Facebook and Instagram as well as just for the benefit of the owners in the league as well. So stay tuned for that. That's going to come, and you'll see that on social media this week. One of us is going to eat a couple of buckets of water. But look, good luck to everybody in week seven. We'll catch up again after all the results are in and done, and we'll have a terrific guest next week. We're going to go onto location, get out of the studio, and find one of our owners doing something they love. So come back next week and check us out. Once again, we are on Facebook and Instagram at Astro League Podcast, and we're available everywhere you get your podcasts online. Thank you so much for joining us, and we'll see you then. Play, Play it. This is the Astro League Fantasy Football Podcast. League-specific news, information, and stats with your obnoxious commissioner, Matty C.